you had a guest on your show and they had horrendous audio. We've talked about interviews in the past, but you went ahead and you interviewed them, even though they sounded horrible. And now you're kind of finding yourself asking, uh, now what? Let's answer that question. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson. Thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is where I help you plan, launch, and grow those downloads. My website, schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And I typically like to start off the show with a because of my podcast story. And we don't have one today, but I'm here to tell you that this is going to be a because of my podcast story in a very short time. And one of the things we do at the School of Podcasting is we do group coaching. I do that twice a month. Once on a Saturday, once on a Wednesday, and then every Friday afternoon, we do that as well. And you can also have one-on-one consulting with me. That's in addition to the step-by-step tutorials and everything else, the mastermind group. It's a really fun place to learn how to podcast. And this last Saturday, I was uh, we had probably five people come in and out of this little group coaching session. So it's not this huge group. And it was Tom... And Zita and I were were sitting there talking about it, and it turns out that Zita would be really Tom's target audience, and both Tom and I were aware of Zita's topic, and we had personal insights into that, and so we're really just riffing on different ideas for the show. And so I wanted to share, Zita just launched her podcast this week, and I wanted to share just a quick blurb from it. My spouse has dementia. That's not just a statement. It's the name of this podcast. I'm, oh dear, I'm having a senior moment. That's what we say when we forget a person's name or where we left the car keys or why we walked into a certain room. We laugh and dismiss the underlying fear that our forgetfulness isn't momentary, that it's really an early sign of dementia. What if it's your spouse who's having these senior moments? What if your fears become reality? You're listening to My Spouse Has Dementia, a podcast that uses personal stories, occasional interviews, and simple rituals to support caregiving spouses. I'm Zita Christian, writer, life cycle celebrant, caregiver. My husband has Alzheimer's, late stage. And I will have links to that out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 813 And one of the questions I see in Facebook groups and in different places online is, what do I do? I did this interview and this person had horrible audio is one. And the other one is they were boring. And so primarily we're going to talk about the bad audio today. But here's the thing. And I've talked about this in previous episodes, so I don't want to do too much of a rerun here. But I do have some new insights. And if you want to hear, I did a marathon episode on interviews. If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash interview tips, you can find those. Everything will be linked in today's episode, which is schoolofpodcasting.com slash 813. And so when I hear someone is boring, 
that to me means that my guess is that you didn't do your research that really connected this person's expertise to your audience. And so one way that you can leave yourself a door here is by saying, look, especially if it's somebody you don't know, which happens because people approach you all the time, is say, because I have never met you, I reserve the right to not publish our interview. And I've only had one person that said, well, if you're not going to publish it, I don't want to do it. And I was like, all right, because if you know you can bring value, then you don't mind that particular sentence. So that's one way to leave yourself or not. The thing I hate to hear, though, is this one where they go, oh, it was just bad and it didn't work. And I, I, they didn't bring the stuff. You know, there's just no value here. So what do you do? You go to the person and go, ah, sorry, I guess the, you know, technology, it ate it. Oopsie. And I'm busy the rest of the year. And I know it's hard to tell someone, I'm sorry, but that didn't work. So what you can do is go to the person and say, hey, I listened back to the episode and I thought we were going to talk more about this. This is why I brought you on. And if you don't mind, would you be interested in redoing the interview? Because I can't publish the way it is. And that's an awkward conversation. So what some people will do is do the, hey, this doesn't work for me. And then you basically do the research that they should have done and find a better podcast that fits their content. So that way you say, hey, you know, this didn't really work for me, but I did. I do know this podcast. I've heard of it. That looks like a better fit for your content. So you're actually helping them. That's another way around it. But the bottom line is I always hear people blame these things like, oh, the person was boring and their audio was bad on the guest. And I kind of get that. On one hand, it's the guest's fault because they've done shotgun marketing where they just take a form letter and send it to everybody saying, hey, I love your show. I think I'd be a great guest. But in the end, it's your show. It's your responsibility. So do your due diligence. Go out and uh, listen to them on another podcast. And many times that's the case. This You're not their first interview. And listen to their quality. And can they tell a story? And are they a good fit? Now, let's talk about the audio quality, though. And this, again, is where it's partly your fault. You have to set the expectations that this is how my show sounds. And instead of making it about you and you saying, hey, you can't sound that bad on my show, making it about you, say, hey, yeah, I was listening and I want to make sure you sound professional. I want to make you sound great. And our editing is going to make us both sound super smart. So it's all about how I'm going to help you. You are going to sound smart. You are going to sound great. You're going to sound professional because who doesn't want to sound smart, great, and professional? So when you explain it that way, hopefully most people will go, okay, what can I do? And that's where you should have some sort of cheat sheet. I know at the School of Podcasting, for anyone listening from the members, it's in the library. There's a sheet that you can send to your guest and you can kind of customize it with your logo and things like that. And you're basically saying, hey, be in a quiet room, put the dog away, all the little things that kind of mess up an interview, use the best microphone available. If you don't have a microphone, please let me know because, well, that built-in laptop just doesn't cut it anymore. So you, it's up to you, again, to set expectations because when you put out an interview where the guest is bad and or the audio is bad, sure, you can point your finger at the guest, but it's you who let it get to your audience. So what I did today 
because there's some new tools out there. And some of these are old, but I thought I would show you what you can do and hopefully pick up your spirits of like, oh, what do I, because sometimes what if it's a good interview, but the audio is just horrendous. You're like, oh, I wish this person would have had a microphone or at least plugged in their earbuds or something. Well, there is hope. And so that's kind of the the goal here to let you know, it's not the end of the world if you get somebody that sounded like they were in a tunnel. So what I did to make some bad audio is I took a Blue Yeti, and a lot of people love the Blue Yeti. I do not. Not that it's a horrible microphone, but it has a little bit of a learning curve because you can set that thing to pick up what's coming right in front of it or to pick up everything in every direction. So what I did is I put the Blue Yeti in that mode where it picks up from every direction, and I took it into my bathroom at my house while the furnace was going, and this is what it sounded like. The furnace is on, but I'm using a Blue Yeti, so this is me, and uh, I've got it... Oh, that is such a Blue Yeti. I've got it set up to pick up in every direction, and you can hear... This is not really optimal audio quality by any means. And I want to thank uh, Rich Goldner is getting ready to launch his first podcast. He's kind of a, a guru in helping you figure out how much your business is worth if you want to sell it in that whole transaction. And so he's getting ready to launch his podcast and he's been using Descript. And Descript is a really cool program where you throw your audio in it and it transcribes it and let's say you had an um where you went, well, um, yada, yada, yada. You could delete the um in the transcript and it deletes it in the audio. And I've kind of been playing on and off with Descript. And Rich said, oh, you got to check out this thing called Studio Sound in Descript. And I'm going to play that towards the end. And I realize here as I set this up that shootouts can be very boring. And I was kind of like, eh. So we're, I'm just going to try to make this as quick and painless as possible. What we're going to do is we're going to listen to the original audio, and then you're going to hear me say the name of a software. So it'll be like Audacity, and then you're going to hear the same clip, and then you'll hear me say something like Hindenburg, and then you'll hear me say, and then you'll, so we're going to hear the same clip like five times, and I realize that's kind of annoying, but what we're listening for is the noise, and I try to make this clip somewhat short. So here is the original. Here's a quick example of me in the bathroom using a Blue Yeti picked up the set to pick up in every single direction. There you go. That's pretty noisy. Audacity. Here's a quick example of me in the bathroom using a Blue Yeti picked up the set to pick up in every single direction. There you go. That's pretty noisy. Hindenburg. Here's a quick example of me in the bathroom using a Blue Yeti picked up the set to pick up in every single direction. There you go. That's pretty noisy. RX9. Here's a quick example of me in the bathroom using a Blue Yeti picked up the set to pick up in every single direction. There you go. That's pretty noisy. Descript Studio Sound. Here's a quick example of me in the bathroom using a Blue Yeti picked up a set to pick up in every single direction. There you go. That's pretty noisy. And if you're like me, you're like, wow, not only did Descript get rid of the furnace, but it also got rid of a lot of the echo. In fact, the RX9 version I did, 
I kind of cheated. I ran it through their denoise, which did a great job, and I also ran it through D-verb, which removes the reverb, and I still think that Descript Studio Sound did a better job. And now, the problem is there comes a line where when you start to remove the noise, that it actually starts to detriment the sound. And for me, I thought the Descript went just a hair over the line. Now, granted, it sounded a whole lot better than the giant tube of the original recording, but I actually thought what I would do here one last time is I'm going to play the original and I'm going to play Descript where I backed it off literally by 1%, and it's amazing. The set to pick up in every single direction. There you go. That's pretty noisy. The set to pick up in every single direction. There you go. That's pretty noisy. So the good news is you can use a free tool like Audacity to get rid of the furnace. Now that audio is still kind of echoey and I guess listenable. Hindenburg did a great job again of removing the furnace and some of the echoiness. But when I heard the Descript version, I was like, whoa, that's that's a game changer. What I'm really excited about that is what's that going to be in five years? Like, that's fairly new. That's I believe it just came out of beta. And I was like, pretty cool. Now, if you're a Descript user, how you do this is you click on the file name on the left-hand side, and you'll see a studio sound switch that you turn on on the right-hand side. I'll have a uh, quick tutorial out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 813. So I wanted to let you know that the cool thing is the more popular that podcasting gets, the more tools that are coming out that are making it easier. We do need to remember, though, that if the content is boring, if this guest with the horrible audio still doesn't deliver whatever your audience needs, it doesn't matter how good you make them sound. If they don't make you laugh, cry, think, groan, educate, or entertain, they're boring. And no amount of polish will turn that into something that people are going to tell their friends about. And as I was playing with all this different software, I thought, hey, let's make this episode just about tools. And we're going to take a short break, and I'm going to tell you about a really cool tool that combines communicating with your audience, gamification, and monetization. Wait till you hear this thing. I met Pat at a podcast conference, and when he first told me about Pod Inbox, I was like, oh, so it's SpeakPipe with a different name. And since that time, he has added so many unique little features. And what he's done is he's added monetization so you can actually receive monetary support. So if you're using something like Buy Me a Coffee or PayPal or something like that, you can now tie this into a Stripe account and have people leave you money while they're leaving you a voicemail. And it's either or. It's not like, oh, you have to pay me to leave me a voicemail. That'd be kind of silly. But you also can have a fan profile. So if they want to, they can leave you more than just their name and email address, which is kind of cool. And much like many of the other apps, they all notify you that, hey, you've got a new message and things like that. But the thing I thought was cool is they have public messages, but you can also have private ones and private inboxes. You can actually record kind of a welcome video. So when people go to leave you a message and 
the thing that he recently added that was like, okay, kind of cool is he added the ability to donate. So he added monetization. So if, again, if you're doing something like buy me a coffee and speak pipe, this is kind of them all together. Now for the record, Pat does not have an affiliate program and I'll talk about another program here in a second, but I'm looking in this going, I'm thinking next month when we do another question of the month, I think we're going to try pot inbox, but the cool thing about him having this donation feature is he gamified it. In other words, there's a leaderboard and you can reward the top supporters by showcasing your best super fans and they can do custom amounts. I mean, you can set it up to do like five and 10 and blah, 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 but they can do their own. It's actually pretty cool. And all your supporters are automatically captured in your contact list and you can export your contact list at any time. That's really nothing. I don't want to say it's not special, but other things do that as well. And your fans can attach tips to the messages to help get their message more attention. And in the future, that's uh, something that's coming soon. Also coming soon, reward levels. So if you're looking for something like Patreon, that's kind of cool. And reoccurring payments. So it's an interesting tool for getting feedback. We were talking about cleaning up the audio of a guest. What if you live in an apartment and your neighbors are really you know, loud? I live next to a neighbor that loves to plow his driveway or mow his lawn about every 10 minutes. And so how do you keep your environment quiet? I found this free software called Crisp, and it's amazing. At schoolofpodcasting.com slash 813, you'll see me use it. And I actually, I talk and then I'm I'm clapping, and then I turn it on, and it takes the clapping and takes it out of the recording. It's amazing. So it's a way so that your environment is quiet, and they let you use it for 240 minutes a month for free. Links in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 813. And when I was at his website... I saw where he said, hey, if you want to see what more features are coming, check out my roadmap. And to make a long story short, I went down a rabbit hole with roadmaps, and he's using one called frill.co, which you can use for free. Now, this is typically used by kind of software as a service people, and where you kind of say, here's what we're thinking about doing, and then here's what we're actually working on, and here are the things that we have done. And I looked at that, and I was like, okay, that works great for something like Pod Inbox. But what if you could use this and just have one kind of table that said future episodes, and you could let your audience say, hey, I'd love to have you do a show about yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. And then you know the other one would say, I'd like to hear an episode about such and such. And then somebody else would say, what? And you could ask your audience, like, if you want to see mine, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash roadmap. Now, this is primarily for the School of Podcasting members, but I could do one for the audience, which is pretty cool. Now, the cool thing about he's using frill.co is it's free up until you have a 100 people that have contributed Ideas, I believe, is how that works. It's based out of Australia. And so I saw it and I go, yeah, I get it. Software is a service kind of thing. But I was like, no, no, no. You could do this for podcasts. You could also kind of hack Trello, which is another software program for kind of organizing ideas. You could basically make a Trello board for the public 
And I, I did that. And to make a long story short, Frill just makes it a whole lot more easier. There are other products that do the same thing. I also was looking at hellonext.co was a pretty cool thing. Very much the, the same type of thing. I just get worried sometimes around free products. Now, in the case of Frill, it's free up to a um, certain amount, and then you have to pay. But I, I still get worried around free stuff because I've seen so much of it just go out of business. Because it turns out not charging for your product is not a good business model. Speaking of tools that make things easier, I've talked about PodPage a ton. They have a feature that they have added where you can actually have your guest fill out a form and upload their headshot and all that stuff. And when they submit that form, it will then take them to whatever calendar system you are using, be it Calendly or Acuity Scheduling or whoever. And so what's cool about that is then when you create an episode and it's the episode with that guest, you can attach that particular guest bio and headshot automatically to the episode. But wait, there's more. They've also set it up now where when you publish an episode, it will automatically go to Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. So if you want to learn PodPage, you can try it free for seven days. Just go to trypodpage.com. And when you're ready to learn it and get up and going quickly, you can learn that at learnpodpage.com. If you're looking for a social tool, I have yet to play with this myself. It's called Clipscribe. And it makes your videos kind of command attention is what their tagline says. However, when it comes to audiograms, I have heard more people say, well, this. I believe that audiograms are a waste of time. I have a lot of clients where I am responsible to promote their podcasts and we've tested it and audiograms never work. Nobody likes them on any platform, no matter how much variation you use. And that is a very short clip of Tala Taha from Podland, which has uh, James and Sam on it. That's a great, if you want to get some podcasting news, that's a great place to go. Check it out. I believe it's podland.news. I'll have links in the show notes. It's schoolofpodcasting.com slash 813. But it's yet another social media person. In her case, she runs an agency and just saying, look, those audiogram things, yeah, they're fun and they blink and stuff. But in terms of tracking, is it actually getting you more downloads I've heard so many people go, yeah, it's kind of a waste of time. And that's where I say, I see people that are trying to find the perfect clip to put at the beginning of your show. And that's hard to do because it's not just a clip. It has to be a clip that has the audience going, I want to know more about that. So one tool for that that I use is otter.ai. I don't use otter.ai for the transcript part, although I could, For me, with transcripts, by the time I fix a transcript, I could have just written it myself. I could have typed it out. But I love otter.ai for finding pull quotes and for finding where did we talk about this so that I can go in and find that. So that's another tool you can use. But for me, I see people listening to their episode over and over and over, looking for that golden six seconds. And I'm like, why not just say it yourself? Hey, today we've got James Cridlin on our show from Podland and wait till you hear what he found out about Spotify. There's your six second tease. Uh, To me, I I think that's a better use of your time, but I do know I saw some people were talking a lot about uh, clip scribe. So if you're a person that's like, no, Dave, you're wrong. Audiograms are the next big thing. And I want the words to pop up on my videos from my phone and things like that. Uh, I have yet to check it out, but clip scribe seems to be 
cool. And if not, check out otter.ai. Links in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 813. Libsyn has rolled out Libsyn 5. Now, if you are new to this, we've been talking about Libsyn 5 for about a year, and you're not being forced into it. Libsyn 5 and 4 are both available right now. But one of the coolest features of Libsyn 5 that I love is snippets. And this is where if there's something that you type in every week, so it's like click here to subscribe on Apple and Google and Spotify and Amazon, you could type that up, make those links, make it all pretty. And then when it comes time to put that into your show notes, you just click a button on snippets and say, add that and boom, it's put in there. In fact, if you have a whole template, you could set that up as a snippet, which is pretty cool. Other things in the world of show notes, Captivate just rolled out dynamic show notes where you can basically, it's a lot like WordPress. WordPress has many plugins where you basically put in information like a snippet. In fact, I think Captivate had snippets. They, this might be like snippets 2.0. And you basically type up a paragraph or whatever, again, you need, and it gives it a short code. And then you're able to then take that short code and put it into an episode so that if you change it later, it will dynamically update. So we all, he said sarcastically, love show notes. And those are tools that are making it easier. And I should have brought this up when we were talking about roadmaps earlier. I work for Libsyn in full disclosure. And if you have anything about Libsyn 5, good or bad, we're really interested in all feedback. Just send feedback to feedback at Libsyn.com. And behind the scenes, we actually have a roadmap so that when you say, hey, I'd really like to see blah, blah, blah in the system, we will take that and add it to the blah, blah, blah column and see that, oh, you're the second person that has requested blah, blah, blah. Earlier in the show, I mentioned the question of the month, and I need your answer by February 25th. And you're like, well, what's the question? The question is, what are you doing to grow your audience? And is it working? Now, when you answer the question, be sure to introduce yourself, tell us the name of the show, and a little bit about it, along with your website. If you can please include your website, that makes life a whole lot easier for me. And uh, we'll play your smiling voice right here on the last episode of the month. Again, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. All right. Are you ready to vomit? I know I am because we're going to say the two words that we're all sick of. You ready? <sighs> Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah, I know. You're like, oh, God, seriously? Yeah. But there's more to it. Here's a slant. Uh, it, as I was putting out this episode, Spotify has removed at least 70 episodes of Joe Rogan. And here's a couple things to think about that. Number one, is Spotify doing it because there's something wrong with the episode or... By doing so, we got a headline that said Spotify lost 70, removed 70 episodes. Or is it the people, maybe the people he interviewed said, hey, can you pull me down? Who knows? He's also put out um, an apology because somebody found podcasts from Joe from 11 years ago where Joe, have you ever seen like Oprah? You watch Oprah and all of a sudden it's like Breast Awareness Month and all of a sudden like Oprah is showing like, you know, breasts. Can we say breasts? Are we allowed to say breasts? She's showing full breasts with nipples. They actually have nipples on their breasts and they're showing them on Oprah because of the context of breast awareness month. Whereas like 
when Janet Jackson showed her nipple on the Super Bowl, we all lost our mind. So Joe, unfortunately, was using the N-word in explaining things like Red Fox had an album called N-word something. And he was like, because he was doing it in kind of a reportive way, uh, yeah, that doesn't fly. And so people are keep calling Joe dangerous. And here are my thoughts. And it's not really all about Joe Rogan as it is just communication. So, but I keep hearing that, that Joe Rogan is dangerous. And do you know what is dangerous? Check this out. I heard this on a podcast. The U S government is handcuffed in removing a product that was killing babies. That is a true story with tons of here are my sources from the congressional dish podcast. And it's just, it's amazing when I hear stuff like that. The interesting thing is that none of the mainstream media was reporting that story. Another one is, and this makes me sick. We're all talking about people dying from COVID. 841,000 people have been killed by Oxycontin since 1996. And yet the drug is still available and it's still like addictive. And yet nobody is talking about this except the series Dope Sick on Hulu. And you have to go watch that. You have to go watch Dope Sick. I'm here to tell you. And it's just an amazing thing. And it's it solidifies a lot of what I know, which is basically rich white men are making bad decisions with no consequences in the name of profit. We're too obsessed of, hey, who are you wearing tonight? Oh, right. We, we're paying attention to who you're wearing instead of the fact that I don't know, thousands of people are overdosing and the company that made the drug knew it and they didn't care. To me, those are dangerous things. Not Joe Rogan. That's dangerous that nobody's talking about. And they should be. But the problem is, well, Big Pharma is a big sponsor for all those local news channels. And, well, you know, that whole biting the hand that feeds things. So it's interesting. So Joe said some really stupid things like 11 years ago. His podcast has been exploring different ideas and letting people go, hmm, I wonder if that's a possibility. And they're calling that dangerous. And the other thing I was reading up on is like the average Joe Rogan listeners, like somewhere between 24 and 35. And we treat these people like they're morons. As my mom used to say, if Johnny Johnson jumps off the, you know, high state bridge, are you going to do that? I'd go, no. You know, they kind of go, oh, well, Joe Rogan said it. I must do it, Davey. I don't get that. So anyway, because here's the thing. Let, let's put me into this. Ooh, let's let's talk race, shall we? I'm a middle-aged white dude. And when I grew up, probably more rich white dudes decided what history to teach me in my public school. I get out of public school. I get out of college. Now, college slipped in a couple, but I've watched things like 13th, there's a bunch of cool documentaries on Netflix about black history and someone censored that from me. Somebody decided I didn't need to know that. And consequently, I'm incredibly stupid when it comes to black history. I have less uh, knowledge about what's the word here. I'm getting all nervous because we're talking race, but I. Hmm, what's the word? I am unskilled at understanding someone else's culture because I got none of it. Zero. So that to me, I'm like, hey, when we start going, no, 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 can't can't show them that. That's not good. We're, we're making people stupid by doing that. 
Now, here's another thing about, uh, I, I like this point. I was like, that's a good point. So for all the, the white people, oh, by the way, I am one, uh, that don't get the whole, hey, how come we can't say the N-word? Ugh. Comedian Brian Simpson, by the way, is hilarious. I just discovered him on Netflix. And he makes a joke that all white people want to say the N-word. And here's the thing, white people, uh, we can't. We're not allowed to. And some people just don't get it. And to this, Brian points out that people don't call their mom by her first name. You just don't do it. So hence, white people, like I wouldn't call, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't walk in the door and go, hey, Barb, what's up? Just wouldn't do it. Doesn't go down very well. So if you're not calling your mom by her first name, that means that, hey, guess what? You can avoid using a word and be okay with it. Because other people called my mom Barb, just not me. And I was like, man, that's a really good point. And Joe has publicly admitted that he was wrong. He thought because of the context, kind of the Oprah effect that, hey, it's Breast Awareness Month. In his case, he's like, oh, we're talking about black comedians back in the 70s, and they called it this, that he could then report on it and say the actual word. And he's like, you know what? That was really wrong. And it sounds like he's learned some new things, and he's grown as a human. In fact, he even said, I haven't said that word in years, but back then I thought it was okay. I've since learned that it wasn't. And I would also say that Joe has made a really good case for maybe not recording when you're really, really high. That's, that's another good thing. But I mean, I think we've all done stupid things years ago. I would not listen to the band journey in high school. Cause I was a guitar player and I was into metal and really loud guitars and things like that. And don't even put anything with keyboards in front of me because wheeze, wheeze, wheeze keyboards. I wasn't having any of that. And then another thing I would do is I would drink a gallon, a gallon of iced tea a day. I loved Lipton iced tea with lemon and I would drink a gallon of it a day. And then my doctor kind of pulled me aside and goes, you know, kid, you're kind of young to have high blood pressure. He thought it was on drugs. And when I said, no, I, he goes, well, what do you like drink? And I go, I drink about a gallon of iced tea a day. He goes, yeah, I think we found the problem. So consequently, I no longer consume like drinks with massive amounts of caffeine them in them. And I also found out years later that Journey has one of the best guitar players ever. So I have learned, I have grown. And I think we're allowed to not like, let's not throw me in the slammer because I didn't listen to Journey till like 1998 or something like that. And hey, every good dialogue, it's not a dialogue until you bring up Hitler, right? And I'm paraphrasing, but you know, when Hitler was going around saying, hey, the Jews are the cause of all of our problems, would I have been called dangerous if I stood up and said, hey, I think we might want to talk about this a little bit? They'd be like, hey, you're not going along with the mainstream. Get him out of here. And and does that mean we never do anything with the country of Germany because what they did back in 1930-something? I mean, I totally get hashtag never forget, but I want to make sure we don't go hashtag never forgive. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm anti-anti. And what I mean by this is, number one, I'm not anti-vax. I took the jab twice. I know people have died, so it's not a hoax. I'm just not a shut up and sit down kind of guy. Ask my parents if they were around the whole like, because I said so, that was not an answer that went well with me because I need things to make sense. I mean, I never understood why the locally owned restaurant had to shut down and eventually close 
while the Walmart directly across the street was okay to stay open. I don't get that. Where is the peer-reviewed research that proves that somehow the virus isn't at Walmart? I don't get that. When I can't go out at night, is somehow the virus some sort of night owl and sleeps in in the morning? Again, it just doesn't make sense. I need some peer-reviewed you know, science, and it would be really cool if the peer-reviewed science wasn't purchased by some sort of company that would benefit from the output being a certain way. More about that in a second. But it just seems like everything is now a line to be drawn in the sand. And I'm like, what happened to all the coexist? Remember, you'd be driving along and you'd see this small little car with a coexist bumper sticker on it. I mean, what happened to all those young hippies with the coexist bumper stickers? It just seems now that they're all inside and they've somehow gamified canceling people online with some sort of game of recreational outrage. It's like, hey, we got another one. I mean, seriously, if Joe goes down, who's next? Because it could be you. I think it's really the coexist thing is like, hey, we will coexist with you as long as you think just like me. And I mentioned studies. Never forget the fat-free craze of the 80s and 90s. And if you weren't around for that, I'm here to tell you, This big thing came out that said fat is bad. We're all fat because we eat fat and everything became fat free. Like even butter was probably fat free. It was crazy. And the problem is when you take all of the fat out of food, it tastes like old cardboard. So how do you fix that? You dump sugar into the food to give it some sort of flavor. Now, the interesting thing is, and this is proven, I've got a uh, link. I did a medium article about this. The fun part of this is the report that said fat is really bad. We should all quit eating fat was financed by who? The sugar industry. And how did we fix the fat food? Oh, that's right. We dumped a bunch of sugar into it. So I'm a little nervous when I hear some of these things. I've been around long enough to see things that I go, you know, sometimes what's on the upside is not really what's going on. I'm not a a tinfoil hat kind of crazy guy, but... It's why I keep putting, like when I say dangerous, I'm kind of being sarcastic. And the reason for that is in the same way that we thought fat was dangerous in the 80s, in 2000, we're like, oh, guess what? We were, nah, it wasn't that bad. And so I'll give you an example. Maybe years from now, the mainstream media will report that that hydroxychloroquine, I cannot even say this drug, hydroxychloroquine, there we go. That drug, you know, that they always say, oh, horse dewormer. Did you know? And this is true. Look it up. Hydroxychloroquine was a Pulitzer Prize winning drug. They called it the magic bullet for battling malaria in World War II. We might not have won World War II because half of our soldiers would have died from malaria, but we had hydroxychloroquine. And yet, if you ask your doctor to give you hydroxychloroquine to battle COVID, they might not be able to. And I just kind of go, that doesn't seem to make sense. And I like things to make sense. Now, here's the good news. When we talk about Joe Rogan potentially getting canceled, you can't cancel a podcast. You can't. Check this out. That's why mainstream media really hates podcasting. And if you ever watch the mainstream media talk about podcasting, like in Sex in the City or on Orange is the New Black, they always kind of like, oh, it's like minor league podcast, whatever. And uh, 
The reason you can't cancel it is it's not centralized. We're not all on YouTube. Like, I can pull you off YouTube, and if that's the only place you are, you're kind of screwed. And as long as you have a feed, which is what a podcast is based on, unless, of course, you're on Anchor and you're just shooting things to Spotify, yeah, but if you have your own feed, it can be syndicated. And as long as as apps like Apple Podcasts and things like that, most apps, Overcast, allow you to manually subscribe to your podcast. And consequently, your audience can still receive your information even if you're not in Apple. And for the record, I'm not even really a Joe Rogan fan. I've listened to about five episodes of his show. And every time I listen to them, I go, my God, who is editing this thing? Because apparently they're not. But be ready for more stories about how dangerous podcasts are. Uh, in the immortal words of John Mayer, he has a great song called Waiting for the World to Change. It says, because when they own the information, they can bend it all they want. And the mainstream wants to control that narrative. In fact, more importantly, the giant companies who pay mainstream media uh, in regards to advertising, and of course your government officials, because it's time to uh, help them with their campaign, those people want to control the narrative. By the way, have you watched Dope Sick yet? You really need to go watch Dope Sick on Hulu. But the cool thing is podcasting is coming up with the ultimate version of freedom of speech. Now, when we say freedom of speech, let's not go crazy here. Like you can't go into a crowded firehouse and scream movie. That's supposed to be a joke. But anyway, you get my point. It, uh, and actually, it's an old George Carlin joke when I think about it. But when I say freedom of speech, so many people think, oh, that means you can just say whatever you want. Well, realize freedom of speech does not mean freedom of consequences. In the early days of podcasting, back in the day, there was a show called the PK, the PK and J show. And Jay was a flaming atheist, like flaming, wow, is this guy an atheist? Can, can he be any more atheist? No, he cannot. He's an atheist. Right. Atheist plus plus. And it turns out his company found his podcast and didn't really appreciate that opinion. And so they fired him. So you can say whatever you want. Just be prepared for the consequences. I mean, even bringing up this subject here, somebody's probably going to go, oh, that's it. But the cool thing is, there's a thing called the podcast index that has basically made the need for Apple's podcast obsolete. So if you're worried about Apple pulling you, podcastindex.org is not. And then they have these new podcasts app. I hope you're listening to me on Fountain. And if so, you can actually send me a boost. If you're getting value from this, you can send me value. These new podcast apps are making it easier and easier to stream cryptocurrency to the podcaster. And if you think about this, if there are no sponsors to boycott and no centralized network to petition, your podcast is getting closer and closer to being uncancelable. I actually just saw, because I love to look at people's marketing. Do you guys remember Louis C.K.? This was a guy that did some really not cool things. He didn't, he, he basically would pull his, uh, his, his uh, twigs and berries out in front of people after he asked them. Boy, talk about an awkward conversation. Hey, would you mind if I just happened to like right here? Like, I'm not going to do anything to you. I just want to do like what? But that's what he did. And uh, they, they, everybody canceled him. And he is gone now on his website. You can buy his latest comedy special where, by the way, he is. I've seen clips of it on YouTube. 
he is uh, performing in front of a large theater who give him a standing ovation when he shows up. So he's still surviving because his audience finds him funny. They find value in it and they pay him for that. So you can actually buy his latest episode or his episode his his latest comedy special and get like six of his past ones for, I think it's $25 or something like that. So what's interesting about that is here's a guy who has an audience, but people want him to not have a job. They want him canceled and, and kind of, well, dead. And that's my last point here as we start to wrap things up. One of the things I hope that doesn't get canceled is forgiveness. I mean, if you think about Louie, if you think about Joe, deeper than my worry over the end of dialoguing is the worry over the end of forgiveness. If someone came to me and they said, look, what I said was wrong, I'm so sorry, and I'm, I'm never going to do that again, I would forgive them. Now, I may not follow their journey going forward, but man, I'm going to turn 57 next week. Life is too short. It really is. And so sometime between now and death, I'm probably going to do something or say something stupid. I'm going to be missing a piece of the puzzle. Remember how I mentioned how I I missed a whole, like, just the whole black history. I didn't hear any of it when I was growing up. And I'm sure there are many pieces of the puzzle about many cultures that I never heard about. And so consequently, I'm going to miss a piece of the puzzle and there's going to be a miscommunication. Now, if you don't understand that concept, go watch Three's Company right after you watch Dope Sick from Hulu. I'm going to learn from that mistake. And I'm going to grow from my mistake and I'm going to offer an apology as I try to move forward in my life. And I really hope you accept my apology and that they're not outlawed sometime in the future. You see, I, I have an issue that I suffer from and I think you suffer from it too. And that is your human. And it just seems like we're all so black and white. And here's, here's one last thing. I'm going to throw this in here. Look, Joe Rogan is dangerous. I'm going to I'm going to just put down my own thoughts on that and go, "Okay." But I was stunned, stunned I tell you, by Cardi B. It's a song called WAP, and I'm not going to get into what the title is because it is very explicit. Like, wow. I have great nieces that are I think 9 and 7, and they are female. And there was that voice in my head that went, what about the children? And I said, you know, there's another way to handle that. And that's it. If it comes up in a playlist, click skip or don't listen to it. Or I don't know if it, you know, talk to your kids and teach them right from wrong and hope that they make the right choices. But being that they're human, they may not. But I made mistakes growing up. I made two of them. <laughs> that stick out in my mind that were very expensive, by the way. Uh, <laughs> we all make mistakes, so let's not cancel forgiveness. Let's keep the dialogues flowing. And if you don't like Joe Rogan, quit listening to him. Quit clicking on the links about Joe Rogan. Quit. It just, just let the guy fade away. Have you noticed? Have you noticed something? Oh, boy, I'm going to say a word that's going to make people's mind explode. Have you noticed that since the media stopped covering 
every single inch and every single word that Donald Trump says that he's kind of gone away. If you just ignore some people and you don't give them, I I feel that way about gunmen that kill famous people. I'm kind of bummed that I know Mark David Chapman's name because they beat it into my head. I think sometimes when we promote bad behavior, the people are doing the bad behavior because they want to be promoted. Now I'm way off topic, but that's my thought on the whole Joe Rogan thing. I truly think 20 years from now, we're going to have reports that came out and it's going to be interesting to see what what really happened with this pandemic and who really profited from the pandemic. That's going to be the big question. It's sad that people are dead. Like I said, I, I know people that were dead, but I don't think it's because of Joe Rogan. I really don't. Uh, and I also heard, I know Neil Young has pulled his uh, music. Who's the other kind of old washed up musician? Oh, Joni Mitchell, uh, David Crosby. What's next? Like Clockwork Orange, the Strawberry Alarm Clock. <laughs> That'll be the next headline. Strawberry Alarm Clock has pulled their music from Spotify. And then Spotify announced them and said, um, we don't have that here. Who are you again? <laughs> anyway, if you would like to, uh, let, let's get back to the fun. Let's get back to fun, Dave, okay? <laughs> if you would like to enjoy one of those group coaching calls that I talk about, we do them all the time at the School of Podcasting. We also one-on-one consulting at a deeply discounted rate. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. If you want to be part of a cool podcasting mastermind, schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. If you want step-by-step tutorials to learn things like Libsyn and Captivate and all these other tools, schoolofpodcasting.com slash start and use the coupon code because you're not going to find that in the show notes. Listener, it's my way of saying thank you for listening. So L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R. When you go to, you guessed it, schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. In the future, I've got an episode. I know I did an episode a while. If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash grow, I'm working on another episode of different ideas on how to grow your audience. So thank you so much for listening. Until we meet again, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. Oh, so it's like, you know, what's that one thing called? Speak pipe. And uh, it does over the over the time. ah, That sucked. And that is Tala Haha. And uh, I think I said her name right. Ha 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 ha. I think it's her name. I don't know. The donation feature is interesting because he's gamified, gamified it. But is that the right word? Gamification? Gamified it. There we go. Gamified. That's the word, Dave. Gamified.